Before I get into this episode, I wanted to say a couple things. One, I recorded in my car, not all of it, but part of it. It is amazing how clear it is. I guess that's a plug for Anchor, this app that I'm using, because I'm in the car, it's rainy outside, but you can still hear me very clearly. It's like a mini recording studio in my car. I'm in my car right now, but I'm parked this time. Also, I have been remiss at communicating that I do swear in some of my episodes. Swearing to me is not something that I'm really thinking about, so I haven't been good at saying, hey, maybe don't listen to this episode with children. In this particular episode, I think I swear one time. The other thing that I have not been super clear about is I do talk about trauma. Not in all of the episodes, but probably in most of the episodes because it's something that I personally deal with on a regular basis. I deal with communities that have trauma, and I also deal with clients that have trauma, so it's a part of my vocabulary all the time. But if you are sensitive, please trigger warning, or at least for most or all of the episodes, just go into it knowing that maybe trauma is going to come up. Most of the time, I don't get into detail, but for some people, even talking about trauma is traumatic. So I want to say that beforehand so that you know, and maybe I'll just put a podcast at the beginning of all of my podcasts that talk about that. But Christmas, for so many of us, is full of that, full of people poking at traumatic things that have happened to us unintentionally and probably sometimes intentionally. So just keep that in mind as you go into mainly these holiday episodes. I hope you enjoy this one. I enjoyed making it, and it's always fun for me to interact with you in this way without ever really hearing back from you. I'd love to hear back from you. I'd love to know what you're thinking. If these podcasts are helpful to you, I'd love to know about it. Okay, take care. episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. I'm driving my car right now, which is probably not the best time to do a podcast. (laughs) Lesson maybe learned. Not quite yet, because I'm still doing it. But I wanted to communicate some things And one of the main things that I wanted to communicate, and I'll talk more about it later in this podcast, is this too shall pass. And what I mean by that is if you have trauma around anything, 
typically for those of us that carry trauma in our bodies, in our memories, um, either trauma that we've been exposed to or that's been done to us or generational trauma, this tends to be a very hard time of year, which I've talked about quite a bit in the last two months, month and a half. One of the things that I wanted to say is wave after wave after wave. When I say this too shall pass, I'm also saying this wave is going to crash and I'm going to lift my head out of the surf and be able to catch my breath again. Things are coming. Things are happening to us. Things are happening around us. Things are happening to the people that we love. And it hits us like a wave and it takes us under. But remember that the wave is going to pass. You're not going to be held under the water without being given the opportunity to come up for air. And I think if we remember that in regards to our emotions, this time of year that can be so difficult, it can help us at least remember that we can hold on until the wave passes. I think it's important to remember that because sometimes we get so bombarded by the wave and I am guilty of it. I just drove to Target and sobbed the whole way and then pulled myself together to go into Target and do what I needed to do, got into the car and sobbed again. It's kind of a counterbalance between sobbing and wanting to punch somebody in the throat. It's a real good combination to have to go into a store with. It, it is holiday related because I think we got stuff going on that's kind of difficult. Um, but it's not associated with the holidays. But because this is a very vulnerable time for me, um, I don't have as much bandwidth or capacity as maybe I do when it's not the holiday season because I'm doing so much work around staying present in my body, present in my spirit, staying present present with president. I'm absolutely not staying president. Staying present in just every part of myself that it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to not want to medicate, to not you know, drown myself in shows or alcohol or, you know, just feeding the feelings. And because it takes so much work in ways, I probably have more capacity than I do normally, but I'm also tired because I'm having to do so much extra holding and work that it makes something like excruciating tooth pain and the dentist going home sick and me not being able to control or solve anything kind of push me over the edge. So push me over the edge, meaning my capacity is low. I'm in a quieter space now, not in the car. So What do you do when your capacity is low? 
Well, the things that I do, I have my go-tos, and I think I've talked about this before. And what I'm talking about by capacity being low, I'm talking about what I can do in the moment to calm my anxiety, um, assuage my fears, those kind of things. I have my go-tos. My go-tos are to breathe, to breathe deeply, to put my hand on my chest sort of where my clavicle is and kind of press on that and breathe. And then say a mantra, whatever one really works for that situation. Um, One of the ones that I have is it's out of my control. It's out of my control. I don't need to control it. I don't need to control it. It's out of my control. I don't need to control it. It's out of my control. And I breathe. Because really, we have no control. So I have things like walking and breathing and mantras and meditations that I can do. What can I do on the fly? So the situation was not my tooth pain, but I am very familiar with tooth pain. And I think I probably, I don't want to call everything trauma, but I do have some dental trauma. (laughs) I've had many experiences with root canals, excruciating tooth pain and infection and not having insurance and not knowing what to do about it and I've had a tooth pulled and in our culture as Americans I can't speak for again for other cultures there is deep shame around missing teeth and I think it's a sign it's a trope Um, I think that's the word I'm looking for for poor trashy, unkempt, you name it. We have those tropes that we put on people, never taking into consideration the lengths that people have to go to try to save their teeth. So that's a little aside, but I have been in many places and in my life where I have not had insurance and we've had to pay tons of money to try and get my teeth saved. Just a note, a lot of people with trauma have teeth issues. You can ask around. Just about every single person I know that has specifically childhood sexual trauma has problems with their teeth. So apparently your body starts to eat away at your teeth. That's just a fact. So anyway, what can you do when you're on the go? For me, Zion had just got home. Super excited about him getting home. We had a dentist appointment arranged for him that we've been like holding on to ever since our insurance was reinstated. It's had to be moved a couple times, yada, yada. So he gets off the airplane, we're laughing and celebrating, and 
and he's supposed to have a dentist appointment at two. I get a phone call. The dentist is sick and has to go home. Right after that phone call, I get another phone call that Zion's tooth pain is at a, is at a nine. So as I'm talking to you, I'm realizing that I had a trauma response. And I do have PTSD. I don't think I have PTSD around the dentist because I, I have a really good dentist and I can go in and pretty much calm myself down. Now I'm saying that and I'm realizing, hmm, I wonder if people that don't have fear around the dentist have to do deep breathing and talk themselves down. Anyway, I'm guessing no. But, you know, I get home and I'm looking at my son who has been working so hard to kind of maintain his tooth that's been broken and, you know, do all the things to, like, keep it so it doesn't get worse until he can have this appointment and now his tooth pain is at a nine and it's never been at a nine. And I felt so powerless in that moment and unable to help him in any way. I just looked at Todd, my husband, and I said, I need a hug. And if you know me, I don't ask for those very often. And he stood up and he hugged me and I started to cry and I just said, I don't know what to do. I, I can't do anything to fix this. It's, you know, completely out of my control. So I had to get in the car because there is something that helps and it's a water pick. So I had to drive to Target to get a water pick. On the way to Target, you know, I can feel my anxiety escalating. And so I do what I know how to do. I breathe. I just take a deep breath in and out. I called my sister, asked her to think about Zion, pray for Zion, whatever she wanted to do, because she's had tooth issues and she can relate. And it just felt, for me, so that is, I'm realizing also while I'm talking to you that that is also a tactic. A healthy tactic is if I can talk to somebody that I know that will hold space for me and for Zion or for whoever else and hear me in that moment and even better if they can relate. Not not necessary, but if they can relate, that's even better. It also is another healthy coping skill is I can talk to somebody and I feel heard and I know that somebody's thinking about us. And so, you know, I'm driving to Target. There's traffic everywhere. I grew up in this area and it's rainy and nobody who moved here knows how to drive in the rain. So, you know, people are driving crazy. I'm driving crazy. I almost sideswipe another car. And I'm like, okay, breathe. Just breathe. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And it got me thinking about you know, just how that situation, the situation that I'm coming down from now, is going to be a situation that is stressful anytime. You know, middle of summer, totally stressful. But 
during a time that has heightened pressures. So you don't even have to have trauma. There's heightened pressures. There are people that want stuff from you. They want your time. They want your energy. They want your attention. They want your money. They want your support. All of those things create a pressure inside of us. So you don't have to have trauma to feel that pressure. But if you have trauma, it accentuates those pressures. So for me, you know, I do a lot of taking care of myself. I do a lot of reading, a lot of things that center me, that, you know, are practices for me paying attention. And for the most part, I live a very full life. There are times when because of those outside pressures being more extreme it doesn't mean that I'm less capable of handling it it just means I have less wiggle room I hope that that makes sense because I'm still doing all the things and in fact some in some ways I'm doing extra things I'm reading books and I'm making sure that I'm not missing my morning meditation and I'm walking more. And even if it's like I'm doing a 20-minute walk here and then a 15-minute walk later and instead of driving to pick up the antibiotics that is like two miles away, I'm going to walk and pick it up just because I need I need to be in my body. Um So the things that I did on the go were mindfulness, breath work, and mantras. And also asking someone to hold space and think about us. And also something that can tend to be less comfortable for me, depending on where I'm at. Probably when I'm more vulnerable, I feel less comfortable with this and that's showing my underbelly letting myself cry when I'm asking someone for help which is difficult for me just because I feel even more exposed so those are some of the things that I do on the go when I can't do my other things you know where maybe if I hadn't needed to run to the store I could have gone in my room and done a, a, you know, a meditation, a centering prayer or something. But those things are happening all the time. So any of the things that you are using to survive the holidays, you can use any time. And I think I've said this before, the more that you use those things, the more that they become like second nature. Like for me, I got in the car, you know, I'm kind of, I turned on the radio and I'm like, nope cannot listen to the radio right now turn it on again nope can't listen to the radio but almost almost like autopilot I started deep breathing and then without even realizing you know I'm deep breathing then on autopilot I'm also saying the mantra and without you know even thinking about it I'm putting my hand on my chest it can work the same for tapping if you're somebody that's gotten really into tapping which if you don't know what tapping is I strongly recommend looking it up Um, one of the things that I've done ever since I was a very little girl is tap 
on my clavicle just over and over again without realizing that it was actually a very centering thing. So if you are into tapping, if you've done tapping with your therapist, um, that's something that you can do on the go. But here we're getting back into what can you put in your back pocket? The more tools that you can put in your back pocket, literally and figuratively, because I do have that holiday survival guide that I'm more than happy to send anybody that if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, what is this holiday survival guide? Just put a message in the Anchor app. There's a place where it lets you send a message and ask me for it and if you give me your address, I will send you one. It's a mini zine that I made probably like four years ago that Todd helped me make. It's a zine. If you don't know what a zine is, it's a DIY kind of bookmaking. You can look it up. Um, but Todd helped me take all of these tips and tricks that I've been using for myself and I've been collecting over the years and kind of tweaking to make them my own. And I put it in a zine that you can put in your back pocket. Or if you're wearing one of those business shirts, you can put it in your front pocket with your pins. But it has a Mad Lib that you can fill in the blanks on. It has reminders of how to keep yourself safe ways to get out of difficult situations, all of that. And you put it in your back pocket and when you go to the bathroom or you use your um, secret codes to get out of situations, you go outside or you, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, if you don't smoke but you decide to take up smoking just for the holidays, you don't have to inhale, ha ha ha, um, you can read it you can remind yourself or even, you know, sometimes some of us out there have done work around things that ground us. So one of the things that grounds me is having a rock beside my bed. And I have a rock beside my bed. Usually it's a kind of a smooth rock that I can rub my thumb across. And the importance of this for me, someone with trauma, is if I wake up in the middle of the night with a night terror or I'm having trouble going to sleep because of anxiety or fill in the blank, I can take that stone and it's cool and it's smooth and I can hold it in my hand or I can put it on my chest and it, it does help me go to sleep. I can wake up in the middle of the night and I've done this many times. I don't have to do it as much now because I'm, you know, years deep into this work, but I still have a rock beside my bed so that if I wake up in the middle of the night and I need to ground myself really fast, I can grab a hold of this rock. You can put those in your pocket too and that's good for on the go. Not everybody likes a rock. Some people like a soft piece of fur. Whatever it is that helps kind of bring you back to yourself, center you, that's small enough to carry around with you. 
is great. So things like that, when we're out dealing with difficult situations, maybe you're at a work party and it doesn't feel like a safe, inclusive environment, you are called out or you, you know, there's so many ways things can be unsafe. So I'm going to let you put your own unsafe story in it. But sometimes we're we're in those situations where our fight, flight, or freeze is escalated. We need something to ground us and ground us quickly. Maybe for you it can be breath, but often for me, if I'm in a situation like that, I think having like a stone in my pocket or the zine in my back pocket, something that go, oh, that's who I am, will help me not, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be caught off guard or that the fight, flight, or freeze won't kick in, but sometimes it can do like a bypass. You know, I can, it doesn't mean that one of those things isn't kicked into gear, but if I if I can ground myself really quickly, I can do like a bypass of the whole thing, the whole fight, the whole flight, or the whole freeze. And for me, and what that does to my body, having that adrenaline rush through me, having the letdown from that, that often because, you know, I grew up, I think, most of the time living in some kind of fight, flight, or freeze. It's exhausting, and I I haven't developed that many good tools for acknowledging that it took something out of me. And that's mainly just due to, you know, my developmental stages have been in fight, flight, or freeze, and I don't give in to them as much or give in to them. I don't want to use that. That's not, that's not a good way to put it because nobody's giving into it. It's happening to us. So, so I want to say that one more time. It's happening to us. So if I can take something that's happening to me and get back to myself more quickly, I can get out of dangerous and difficult situations faster. So that's what the grounding is doing. So if you can go into those situations or not go into those situations at all, that would be even better if you can avoid situations that you know are potentially harmful and dangerous to you. That is priority number one. Nobody is so important to you that you need to put yourself in danger for them. I'm going to say that one more time. Nobody is so important for you, to you? (laughs) Nobody is so important to you that you have to put yourself in danger for them. Except maybe if you're a parent. That's a different situation. What I'm referring to is, oh, we need you to be here because it's not going to be the same without you. Or I need you to buffer because mom and dad are going to be mad that I'm XYZ. We need you to show up so that 
we don't have to deal with a fallout or why aren't you coming or the work party isn't going to be the same without you or, you know, there's so many scenarios where we are manipulated into going someplace because we feel like if we don't go, it's going to be worse. And sometimes what people say to us by us having boundaries does feel worse in the moment. But your priority is to keep yourself safe, to keep yourself whole. And if that means that you have to fill up your calendar with groups that are healthy or at least not toxic in the way that your family is toxic, then you need to do that. If you, if there are things that are medium pressure, manipulation, tricky, and you feel like it's important for you to go, then fill your pocket, your pockets with grounding tools coping skills, and ways of getting yourself out of those situations earlier and more intact. So I've talked about that on all of my podcasts in the holiday season. They're all black with gold and have some kind of animal on them. I think there's bunnies and deer and foxes. So If you're looking for more tools, I think I cover lots of different tools, but some of you may be thinking right now, wow, she's really beating a dead horse with this one. Yeah, I am. Because I know so many people, when they are vulnerable, when they are lonely, because it is a fucking lonely time. It is a lonely time. Even if your house is full, it can be the loneliest time. If your house is full and you feel like it doesn't measure up or people aren't treating themselves kind or each other kind and it's like walking through a minefield of people's bullshit, that can be excruciatingly lonely. And I was listening listening to recently this Russell Brand um, video where he is talking about also how lonely it is in the holiday season and he's in recovery and how it is important to find a group and I I've said it here but I'm going to say it again because he made me think of it again (laughs) he was like join a pottery group join a ukulele class go to you know Alcoholics Anonymous you know all of the AA groups, codependent no more, you know, any, anything, it doesn't have to be an, a, an AA group. There's any kind of group. Join a choir. Join something where you're with people that you can just have a good time with and they're not going to trigger you maybe like your own family or maybe unhealthy friends would because this too shall pass and i think when we are when our emotional 
tanks are low, when we are fatigued, when we feel pressured, when we feel lonely, when we feel isolated, we feel like we are never going to be able to come up for a breath of air. But you can come up for a breath of air. You will come up for a breath of air because this is going to pass. This is going to pass. This is going to pass. It will pass. The holidays will be over. The grief will subside. I'm not saying it'll go away. And you'll come out of it on the other side. Because nothing is forever. When you are in the tunnel of despair and loneliness or your feelings feel like, you know, you're walking around like a raw wound that people are just poking at random all the time. It feels like it's never going to end. You know, when you're in pain, when you're in physical pain and you're at that stage where the pain is so great that you're, you know, your body is sweating, you get glassy-eyed like you have a, almost like you have a fever. It feels like that pain is never going to go away and it is going to go away. I'm not saying it'll go away forever, but it's going to go away long enough for you to catch your breath, for you to put in some of your coping skills, for you to find somebody, even if you have to pay for them, to listen to you, because that is important and sometimes better than the people that we have around us. Often, it is better to talk to somebody that can have an outside perspective it is going to get better. And I'm speaking as somebody that has has done, you know, work on this specific area of trauma for 20 years now. And it has gotten better. And it's different. It's like anything that you work on for a long period of time It gets better and it's different. And sometimes it gets hard again. And sometimes things feel like you're back at square one. But you have to remind yourself of where you've come from. So sometimes when my anxiety feels acute, I'm like, what? I've done all this work. And then I go, yes, because I've done all this work, now I'm at the point where I can actually identify it as anxiety. I can identify it as PTSD, where before everything just felt like it was the end and I was going to die under the weight of it. Now I can at least go, oh, that's anxiety. I don't like this feeling. I'm breathing. I'm mantraing. I'm centering. I'm doing all the things that I know how to do. And then the wave passes. And now I'm at the, I'm up for a breath of air. So I'm taking that big gulp of air because I know that another thing's going to happen because that is how life is. It's just how life is. And the quicker that we can go, life is a mixed bag of shit, joy, pain, grace, goodness, all of it together. The sooner that we can go, this too shall pass. 
I want to leave you with, again, that I see you. And I, I am aware that I'm on, I'm online, but I see you and you are not alone. You are worth knowing, you are worth loving, you are worth being in this world. Please take care of yourself and remember who you are. And happy holidays to you. At Christmas time, there's an extra for you now. At Christmas time, just give a listen and I'll show you how. So you made it to the end of the episode. If you think back, you'll remember me talking about the zine. It's a holiday survival guide zine that I've made that fits in your back pocket, your front pocket, your shirt chest pocket, and even will fit between your phone and your phone case. If you would like it, I mentioned in the podcast that I would be more than happy to send it to you. No strings attached, just get a hold of me with your address, either in the app that you're listening to, on my Instagram, Soul Care Angie Fatal, on Facebook, Soul Care Angie Fatal. Any any way that you can get a hold of me, get a hold of me and I will send it to you. It is a Christmas version, you know, it's decorated for the holidays, but it works anytime. So you can take that zine with you through the rest of your life, and at some point I'll probably make a series and you can switch it up. But please don't hesitate to reach out to me. It's the cost of a stamp, and I would love for the cost of a stamp for you to feel better through the holiday season. Okay. Have a good one. I wanted to add something. There's a couple extras on this. And one of the things that I wanted to add is when I talk about joining groups, there's a couple reasons why we do that that are obvious. Your loneliness, your survival, also giving yourself outs to family pressured situations. I also wanted to say... If you can join groups where people in the group are not invested in you staying sick and in denial, that is more healing for you. Oftentimes our family groups and sometimes our friend groups, if they're not healthy friend situations, they are invested in us staying unhealthy They're invested in us not looking at our trauma. So getting out and joining groups where nobody's invested in you staying sick and in you staying trapped and in you staying, you know, boundaryless. Those are the ways that we start to grow and start to expand our horizons and our vocabulary and our awarenesses and our hope. So... That's just a little extra.